Good Church Podcast. Wherever you're listening from today, it's our hope that this message would help you reflect the light of Jesus' life for all to see. Well, we've already said today is a remix of our Vision Sunday. We're going back through and back over the concept of ancient future. If you weren't with us last week, uh, why don't you, after this service, just go back and watch that so that you're kind of caught up to speed and you know what we're talking about. But today I want to take it a little bit deeper and we're talking about that concept of what we devote ourselves to, what we're devoted to. You see, the, the early church, they didn't just say, well, whatever happens, happens. The early church, they, they weren't just fueled by emotion. They were truly, deeply devoted to what God had called them to do and who he had called them to be. And as we look to our future, we see a future that looks a lot more like the distant past, a lot more like the ancient past, not a future that looks like yesterday or a future that looks like, you know, 2017. We're talking about a more ancient type of reality where we say, what are the essential components of who God has called us to be? And let's just hold on to those things and be truly deeply devoted to them. So why don't we pray? And then I'm going to dive in to today's message. Jesus, I love you and I'm grateful for you. And I thank you that you allow us to be a part of this church. What a joy it is that we can devote ourselves to something that matters and to someone who loves us and who's real. And so today I pray that you would shine bright through this message, that the message of the gospel would come through, even as we talk about some practicals of how we are going to accomplish these things you've called us to. In your name we pray. Amen. If you're taking notes today, I, I kind of struggled with what I would title today's message. I nearly, almost, almost uh, titled it Devoted AF, like devoted to an ancient future. But I thought I shouldn't go there. So, so here's the title for today's message. You should recreate the wheel. You should recreate the wheel. Have you ever heard the saying, well, there's no need to recreate the wheel or to reinvent the wheel. There's just n- no purpose. And the whole concept of that, that statement is why would you try to fix something that's not broken? Why would you spend time, energy, and effort on something that's already working? And so I think the result of it, however, is generally creative laziness. It's, well, no point recreating the wheel. Everything around me seems to be working. And so I'll just sit back and enjoy the process. But I actually think there's some really important reasons that we ought to recreate the wheel. There's some really valid and functional reasons. Have you ever seen an ancient wheel, like carved out of stone? heavy as you can possibly imagine. And then then that gave way over time to a steel-enforced wooden wheel. And then that gave way over time to a, you know, a lighter wheel. And if you ever like compare the wheel of a Tesla with the wheel of a chuck wagon, that's why you should recreate the wheel. You should continue to build on a concept that worked and find components and find ways and find applications to make that thing work better. You remember the the movie Back to the Future? Back to the Future conceived of a future that was post-wheel. It's kind of funny, right? In the future, wheels won't be necessary. Everything will just float. And, And I really think, in many ways, Back to the Future got some pretty remarkable accuracies around things that did take place, like the thought of a FaceTime call. You see it in that movie, and it seemed crazy then, and it's really normal now. But but when it came to the hoverboards and the hover cars, they conceived a, a post-wheel future that is just simply not necessary. There's nothing, think, nothing wrong with the concept of the wheel, 
but it's actually the construction of those components that needs to keep improving. And so as we've developed through the future, the wheel just keeps getting better and better. What we don't need to do is imagine a wheelless future, but we do need to create a better wheel. You're like, I've been watching church now for like multiple minutes and we're talking about back to the future and wheels. And, and I think Pastor Justin just made a reference to devoted AF. What's going on here? Well, here's what's going on. As a church, we're not trying to reimagine a post-church future. We're trying to say, what are the components that always ought to be there? And how can we make those better? The wheel is the right concept. The church is the right concept. It is God's plan for the world. There's no plan B. There's no, you know, new recreation and God will say, I'm done with this church. The church is God's strategy. So how can we not just reinvent the wheel, but how can we realign the wheel? And say we actually want to make sure that the the thing that is turning is going in the right direction. I, I just think there's a lot of valid reasons that you would take something that's working and say, I want it to work better. And so we are going to continue to dig in to the realities we saw in Acts chapter 2. But before we go there, can can you just turn your Bible to First Chronicles? It's in the Old Testament, First Chronicles chapter 28. First Chronicles 28, King David is handing over leadership to his son Solomon. And that handoff, it took place over a few different noteworthy conversations in this section of the Bible. And it's really from this section of the Bible that we derive one of the cultural values here at Vivid. This little statement that I like to use all the time, hope and hustle. It's I want my heart to be in it, but I also want to put my hands to what my heart is all about. And as David is talking to Solomon, he's reminding Solomon, your heart's got to be in the right place. But you actually have to put some action to the thing that your heart is into. There's hope and there's hustle. And in 1 Corinthians chapter 28, uh, verse 8, uh, it says this, So now I charge you in the sight of all Israel and the assembly of the Lord and in the hearing of our God, be careful to follow all the commandments of the Lord our God, that you may possess this good land and pass it on as an inheritance to your descendants. And you, my son Solomon, acknowledge the God of your father and serve him with wholehearted devotion and with a willing mind, for the Lord searches every heart and he understands every desire and every thought. If you seek him, he will be found by you. But if you forsake him, he'll reject you. Consider now, for the Lord has chosen you to build a house as a sanctuary. Be strong and do the work. I love that. Hope and hustle. Be strong in the Lord and in His mighty power and get, get to work. That's what devotion to me looks like. Devotion is I'm strong in what I believe. I have a strong conviction on what matters. And now I'm going to put everything I have into it to make sure that that thing comes to pass. It's not just my idea, that's actually the word used for devotion in Scripture. Turn now to the book of Acts chapter 2. Acts chapter 2. And uh, we were here last week, and this is where we're going to park out the rest of our uh, of our service here today. Acts chapter 2, in verse 42. The church has just begun. It started with revival, and there's thousands of people now who have professed faith in Jesus, and they're trying to figure out, what, what's my next step? How do I grow? Isn't that cool that there's a next step for all of us? That no matter how long you've known Jesus, there's a next step for you in growth and development. And it starts with devotion. Look what it says, Acts chapter 2 and 42. It says, They devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and to fellowship, to the breaking of bread and to prayer. And then it goes on to say, Everyone was filled with awe and wonder and miracles were taking place. And one of those miracles 
was a miracle of generosity. Look what it says uh, in verse 44. It says, All the believers were together and they had everything in common. They sold property and possession to give to anyone who had need. Every day they continued to meet together. They broke bread together. Verse uh, 47, it says, They praised God. They enjoyed the favor of the people. And the Lord added to their numbers daily those who were being saved. It all hinges on devotion. Devotion means this. I will stay focused on what matters to me and I won't grow faint. I'm not going to be tired of this thing. I'm not going to get tired and, and, and say, you know, I'm kind of done with that. It's become old for me. I am going to hold on to this even when it becomes ancient for me. This will not change. Devotion, it speaks of courage. It says, I, like, even when it takes courage, even when I have to stand up for what I believe in, even when I have to sacrifice for it, even when it's painful, difficult, hard, uncomfortable, uh, it would be more convenient to move on to something else. I will hold on to this because I'm devoted. Like, like I'm not fair weather. I'm just not just following a crowd. I'm not just in this because it's a style or a fad. I'm deeply committed to this. Devotion, I, I always think it, it, it transcends emotion. Emotion can come and go, but devotion remains the same. And there's some people that they're, they're devoted only to their comfort. And that's why it seems like they're devoted to nothing. The truth is they are courageous and, and strategic around making sure life stays as easy as possible. And so when there's personal, you know, conflict or tension that comes, they say, I'll just drop that relationship. No problem. Cause I'm devoted to my comfort. And when there's a sacrifice required in life, they say, oh, no, no worries. I just won't make the sacrifice because I'm devoted to not having to feel pain. But as believers in Jesus, we need to devote, be devoted to the cause that is his. Now, the cause that is his, Jesus' purpose, Jesus' cause, the reason for which he came was that all humanity could be brought into unity, that everyone would experience salvation. That we would know a unity that's not built on having uniform thoughts or, or really aligned ideas, but we would know this unity that we couldn't do it on our own. No matter how hard we try, we all fall short of God's glory. We all shall fall short of righteousness. But by grace, Jesus made a way so we could be in relationship with Him. That's Jesus' purpose. That's His plan. That's the whole, the whole goal for which He came. And it is, isn't it incredible that He didn't Come to earth and then say, okay, everyone sit back while I do this. He, he made a way and then he called people together. In fact, when he called his disciples, it says he appointed them as apostles so they could spend time together and so that he could send them out. So that he, they could get his heart, that they could grow and develop this devotion towards him and then go do something about it. He, he called disciples so they could hope and hustle. Vivid Church, I'm calling you right now. Let's engage in this type of devotion that it's like this hope and this hustle. I know why God has called me and I'm doing something about it. And when it gets hard, I still know why God's called me and I'm still going to do something about it. And when it costs me more than I expected, I still know what God has called me to. And I still know what that means for me. I love the language of the Apostle Paul constantly throughout all his letters. He says things like this. Oh, it's no longer about me. I died with Jesus. And now the life I live is for Jesus. He says things like this. When I think about what's behind, oh, I just dropped that. I'm pressing on towards what is ahead. I want to take hold of the purpose for which God took hold of me. That's some crazy devotion, isn't it? I love when David's talking to Solomon. We read it in First Chronicles. He says, Solomon, I want you to have wholehearted devotion. 
I think what David is kind of saying is I want you to have devoted devotion. Like, I think all he's saying is like, let me stop, pause and highlight and emphasize how important this thing is. I don't want you just to have devotion in, in like seasons. I don't want you to just be devoted when all the stars align, when everything's working perfectly. I want you to really be obsessed with this thing, be truly devoted to what God has called you to. So as a church, Vivid, we are devoted to this ancient type of church. We have had to get comfortable with doing church differently. But we won't ever be comfortable with a church that doesn't involve growing in the dependency to Jesus or a church that doesn't involve evangelism or, or generosity. We still need to hold on to those things and do the work. You following with me? Yeah, why don't you just put in the chat, you're still with me, okay? I want to actually ask us a few questions today. And and for the remainder of this this particular sermon, you might feel that this feels more like a hub video, because I'm going to ask some specific questions that I want us to to ponder. And maybe if you're watching in a house party, you could even discuss, but certainly this week at your hub, you're going to have this type of a discussion around these things. Because they weren't just devoted to some airy-fairy concept. They were devoted to some actual practical outworking steps. You know, it's possible and we want to be non-judgmental and we could just kind of say, hey, I do my thing in my way, you do your thing in your way. I'm devoted in the way that I think God wants me to be devoted. But he's sort of articulated, this is what church looks like. This is the devotion I'm calling you to. Man, this remix is kind of hardcore, isn't it? Okay, here we go. First of all, they devoted themselves to teaching. That's a devotion to development. Development means that we are are actually piecing one brick on top of the other. We are building something. Development is not just I'm pulling a little bit of understanding from everything around me. Development is I'm laying a foundation and then I'm building on that foundation and then I'm fortifying that foundation and then I'm building some more upon that. You you get what I'm saying. This development is step by step, brick by brick, precept by precept. I want, I want you to ask yourself the question throughout, just specifically, the, the season where we've been in different type of social lockdown, like mid-March till now, this COVID-19 uh, season. Everyone calls it a COVID-19 season. I, I hope it's that because seasons pass, okay? Throughout this season, what have I developed in my life? Like, let's really ask our, ourselves the question, are we developing anything? Have we, have we had the type of devotion to really truly develop? Now, I'm not saying this as a heavy, because I think a lot of you, as you ponder and think, you're going to say, I actually have. It's crazy to think of how I've grown. It's it, it's remarkable to think some of the things that now make sense of uh, sense to me that didn't. But I, I would imagine for some of us, you can stop and ponder, and then ponder some more, and then go, oh yeah, I guess some months just sort of passed. See, devotion doesn't let time pass. Devotion, it's not like I'll coast for a while and then I'll care when I care. Devotion says I'm putting my courage into this. I'm not going to grow weary in this. I'm going to stick to this. And I think a lot of the reason maybe why we're not developing the way we, we wanted to is we were picking a cause that didn't really even matter. We said in this season, I'm going to, I'm going to learn new languages and try new instruments and learn new concepts. And, and, and that's great. But unless we devote ourselves to truly understanding God and who He is, I think all those other pursuits are, are kind of peripheral. 
You know, in the book of Jeremiah, one of my favorite passages, it says, don't let strong people boast that they're strong. Don't let wise people just boast that they're wise or rich people boast that they have a lot of money. Instead, let their boast be this. I know and I understand God. All vivid. If that could be our boast. I'm just devoted to development. I just want to grow in a greater understanding of God. That will actually endure when strength fades. That will actually endure when, when riches go away. That'll actually endure when wisdom is, is proven to be folly. I just, I knew God. I understood God. So let's devote ourselves more deeply on a personal level to development. Maybe as you answer that question, you're not fully satisfied with the answer. That's not condemnation. That's a realignment. I'm not saying, okay, now it's time to just reimagine the whole wheel. Let's have a wheelless future where we don't need to develop. No, we need to develop. Let's align that development towards something that matters. Let's, let's keep on getting better because this is, oh, this is going to be a bad joke. You ready? This is how we roll. If we're going to recreate the wheel, it's just how we roll. We're going to keep on developing together. Number two, they devoted themselves to deepening and diverse relationships. They really devoted themselves relationally. This one is challenging. I'm going to ask you a question. It's kind of hard to maybe answer, but when you think of your relationships in this season, are they becoming more deep? Like really and truly, which relationships have, have gotten deeper in this time? And I think for so many, you're going to say, I actually have a great answer to that question. I like the people that I live with, uh, we really truly have bonded in a new and deeper level. The people who are in my bubble, my goodness, I, I really have grown to see them as family and I love them and I rely on them. And, and, and I think many, it'd be a great answer. Some, you might say, you know what? I've become more insulated and in my distance socially, I think I've actually become isolated relationally. That's not condemnation. That would just be an area that let's realign. Let's keep on rolling in the right direction. Let's not imagine a relationshipless future that would be like a wheelless future. It would be unnecessary and it would actually be damaging. We want to still have a future that's rich with relationships, but it'll only happen through devotion. See, for some of us, we've relied on all of our relationship building to happen serendipitously. All of our relationships just happen because, oh, I happened to see someone. They had some time. I had some time. We spent it together. And it's like this... Uh, fatalistic view on relationships. Whoever I happen to be in the same environment with, those are just my people. But we got to make a more concerted, devoted effort to say, I am going to reinvent the wheel, so to speak. I'm not going to imagine a relationshipless future, but I'm going to get better at figuring out how to make this thing happen. It's going to take hope. It's going to take hustle. But I'm committed to deepening relationships and also diverse relationships. This one is the most challenging in this time when we're, we're constantly called in charge keep that group small keep that circle small and i want to just say you know mad respect i think as i've looked around our church you guys are doing a great job at, at not only you know getting through this season and enduring it but we're actually enjoying it we're finding ways to do that but let's ask ourselves the question are my relationships going deeper and more diverse in this time and if not let's show some devotion let's use some strategy let's supply some courage let's not get weary with a zoom call like like i whole new statement that happened in 2020, you know, screen fatigue. I'm just so tired of screens. But guess what? If we're devoted and if screens are the only way we can do it, we do it because that's how we develop more deep and diverse relationships. I fear this, that if our relationships aren't growing deeper, 
our, our preconceived notions might be becoming more deeply entrenched. Do you know what I'm saying? Uh, our, our, our self-centeredness might become more deeply entrenched unless we keep diversifying and deepening our relationships. Why don't we just make it our goal that however much longer we're in this season, I'm not just going to let it happen to me. I'm not going to let loneliness happen to me. I'm not going to let loneliness happen to anyone around me because I'm devoted to us growing together. So we're devoted to development. We're devoted to deepening and diversifying relationships. That, that's why we talk hubs all the time. We got to do this, guys. This is what Christians do. This is who God's called us to be. I, I think relationship is the secret sauce. Like it is what makes church, church. It, it's God's not calling us to a monastic life where we go off into the wilderness and it's just us and God. And so many people would refer to that as, as if that's the, the end goal. If we could just get over needing people, then we would, we would have, you know, aspired to be more godly. God has called us. Look what Jesus did. His example. I need people to spend time with. I need people to share my life with. I like eating with people more than I like eating alone. I don't want to be lonely. I, I like having some people. So let's be devoted to that. Okay, ready? Number three. They devoted themselves to dependency. They became more and more and more dependent on God, not less. And I wonder if for you and I, if we've seen, we saw the, the apex of our dependency, the moment we realized we needed God. Maybe like that moment where we transitioned from death to life. We're like right then, that day, when I made that decision to follow Jesus, that was a day where I was truly dependent and now as I grow stronger, I can kind of distance myself from a, a need for God because I'm becoming more capable on my own. It would make sense, right? That's, that's really every other aspect of life that independence is the end goal. Independence is the end game. You're stronger when you don't need resources or people or all those things. But in, in the kingdom of God, it's just different. The stronger you get is the more dependent you get. Or maybe let me put it the other way. The more dependent you get is the more stronger you become. Because when we understand that prayer is not a last resort, when the nothing else worked, I guess I, I, it's time to pray. But instead, it's the first response. It's the first thing that comes to mind. Oh, I got to pray about this. That type of devotion has incredible results. In fact, Jesus, he tells a story of this uh, and he commends someone. He says, like, imagine with me a widow who's been treating with injustice and she just continually goes to the judge over and over and says, I need justice and demands it. He goes, that judge, even if he's ungodly, will eventually give way. And how much more will God, who's just and holy and righteous and loving and kind and on our side and, 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 and turn towards us, how much more would God respond with that type of hope and hustle? A person who's really devoted without growing faint really devoted with all their courage, really devoted with actual strategic intention. I will understand that I'm not in this by myself and I never will be. God's on my side and his church is for me and we're unified together and I'm part of the body of Christ and I play a part and the part that everyone else plays matters and the head is over it all. That's Jesus and he's leading the way and we're doing something that matters. It's amazing how quickly we can think God wants us to become more independent when really he's always trying to draw us nearer. As he draws us nearer, it's not so we can be lazy. It's so that we can understand and become this bridge where the needs of the world around us, it's like we become a bridge from the need to the, the solution, the problem to the solution that we can, through prayer, bring every request to God and see 
him work on our behalf. So let me ask you a question and we'll discuss it more in our hubs. Have you grown a dependency in this season? I'm going to say that all of us have, but what have you grown more dependent on? Have you become more dependent on streaming services? Maybe. Like, man, my days are boring. I, 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 there's, there's no good shows out right now. Maybe, maybe for some, you recognize, maybe I could recognize this in my own life that I, I might have too much dependence on sports because when all the sports shut down, I was like, oh, so what do people do now? I was ready for playoffs and I sure got excited when the sports came back. What's the dependency? For some, you've been so dependent on the gym and then when gyms closed, you're like, what do I do with myself? And, and for some, it's like just the, the, the functions of church. You're like, what do I do with my Sunday now? I just watch church and that's it? Have you become more dependent? I hope that the answer for all of us is that we've become more dependent on Jesus. But it's probably not true for all of us yet. Let's make it true in this coming season. So I'm going to be more devoted. I'm going to be courageous and I'm not going to grow tired in my pursuit of Jesus. And the best way I could show him that I understand who he is in my life is by bringing all my requests to God. It's actually the best way you can show Jesus that you understand how much he loves you is bringing your request to God. And then lastly, here we go. The, the fourth thing is they devoted themselves to demonstration. And I said it last week and I'll repeat it again. There's probably different ways you could slice up their devotion. You might say breaking of bread and fellowship I see differently. Great. I just chose to package them together. You might, you might see that you gotta understand they devoted themselves to, you know, worship because that's implied there. Of course, I, I agree. But these four areas, the fourth thing was demonstration. Demonstration. It says one of the demonstrations was this like incredible, uh, you know, heaven touching earth miraculous moment where signs and wonders were happening. We're talking about blind eyes opening, lame feet walking, deaf ears becoming uh, able to hear incredible things that took place. But one of the more profound miracles in my eyes is that everyone had everything in common. They just started to say, if you've got a need, then I've got a need. And if I've got a solution, then that solution's yours. What's mine is yours. They really, truly lived in that sort of way. And I wonder for you and I, if our demonstrations align with our devotion. Let me, let me, let me ask it this way. Do you remember the, uh, the Canucks riots? I know many of you weren't, weren't in the city probably in 2011, but the Vancouver Canucks got to game seven of the final and they lost to the Boston Bruins. It was four nothing. It was painful. And, and within moments, a, a group of people kind of walked through the city and destroyed things. They flipped over cars and started burning them. And it was like this emotional, rage-filled overflow of demonstration. It's like, well, what are you devoted to? Go Canucks, go! Like, bro, why are you burning a car? Like, what? How is burning that person's Prius an example of your devotion to the Canucks? It's just a, an overflow, rage-filled emotion. I wonder sometimes if our demonstrations of what we say matters have no connection to what we say we're devoted to. You know what I mean? Like, like, and when I say this, understand me. Someone you're going, ho, 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 ho. I'm right now demonstrating a, about a political issue and an issue of justice. And I hope you're not talking about me. Actually, what I think of when I'm talking about this is a classic episode from Parks and Rec where Will Forte uh, chains himself to a hot water heater as a, a stance for his, the importance of putting the book Twilight in a time capsule. I'm thinking of the absurdity of demonstrations sometimes. Sometimes we demonstrate our, our desire for a political change by saying we're going to come and we're going to stand here and we're going to stand in silence. And you're like, I'm not sure if standing silently is 
the demonstration or sometimes, hey, we're going to riot and we're going to show anger to, to make a statement about this. The amazing thing about the church is the statement they made, the demonstration they made was actually perfectly aligned with the heart of God. Like God's heart would be that nobody lives in need. And so the church says, well, if that's God's heart, that's our heart. I see needs. I'm going to do something about it. Wouldn't that be amazing if the way we demonstrated our devotion actually aligned with what we were devoted to? Oh my goodness. I am devoted to, to a world that's kinder. And so I'm going to begin to demonstrate more kindness. I'm devoted to more equality. And so I'm actually going to put practical steps into living a life where people are equalized. Wouldn't that be an amazing thought as a church? I wonder, as individuals, do our demonstrations align with our devotion? Maybe not yet, but I hope they will. I hope in days to come we're going to find ourselves more and more saying, I want to see the existential problems in the world around me not just pointed out, but solved. Like, think of it, light's job is not to point out how dark dark is. It's just to shine. God has called us not not just to look in a broken, hurting world and say, you're broken and you're hurting, but to say, how can we bring wholeness and healing to that world? So let's align our demonstrations with the things that we're devoted to. I told you it's going to feel maybe a little more like a a hub gathering. I'm kind of excited that, that some people, you're in this, you know, a room maybe right now where you can discuss these things. But why don't we really take them to heart? And say, you know, when it comes to developing, what have I developed in this season? Am I developing, you know, closer and looking more and more like God? Or am I kind of drifting? Am I becoming deeper and more diverse in my relationships? Or have I actually become more deeply entrenched in my isolation? Have I become more dependent on on God? Or is my dependency actually drifting to other things? And have I actually demonstrated what I say I believe in, in acts that align with what I say I believe? It's one of the reasons why I'm just so excited to see even on a day like today, people engaging in church online. I don't know very many people who say they prefer this, but you're still devoted to it because it's what we're doing to stay together. It's a demonstration of that type of act. So Vivid Church says recreate the wheel. Let's not imagine a wheelless future or a churchless future, but instead let's say we, these essential components, we can do them better and better. And, and, and through repetition, we're going to get better, smoother, and be able to go the distance. Can I pray for you? Before I pray for all of us, I wonder if there's someone here you don't know Jesus. If that's you, let me pray right now that you would receive salvation in Jesus. It's a simple prayer. It's a prayer of faith. You can join me even right where you are, saying, Jesus, I trust you with my life. I give you my life. I repent of my sins, and I, I receive your grace. In Jesus' name. If that's you today, you're, you're part of those that, that the Bible says Jesus is adding daily. And we're so excited to walk that journey with you. We'd love if you'd take a moment, fill out a form so we can follow up with you and, and do this thing together. But for all of us, can I pray now for a, a, a deepened devotion, for a more expressive devotion, that as we recreate the wheel, we'd actually see a better functioning wheel, that we'd say, man, we're, we're really rolling now. We're going the distance now, that as we reinvent and reimagine what that aligned future could look like, that, that we'd say, man, God is accelerating where we're going. Can we pray? Jesus, thank you for Vivid Church. Thank you for every person who, who calls this family, calls this home, who knows this is where they're called. And I thank you for every person right now who's watching, who maybe they, they don't yet know where they fit. I pray that they would have this 
warming in their heart to know that this is a place they belong. This is a place you've called them to. And together, I pray that you'd help us to bring these concepts from the ancient past into a future that is simplistic but powerful, where we're growing deeper in our, our dependency, where our relationships are diversifying, where we're developing and demonstrating in alignment with what we're devoted to. We want to put our whole heart into it, God. So I pray hope and hustle on every person who's watching today. We love you. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. I'm so excited for you to be at a hub this week. We're going to talk more about this stuff. And so do make sure if you have not got to one, reach out to us. Let us help you find your fit. We love you guys. We'll see you next Sunday. We hope that you enjoyed this edition of the Vivid Church podcast. For more information about Vivid Church, check out our website at www.vivid.church or look us up on Instagram at vivid.church. Have the best day.